When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Old Brother, a podcast about Salford slash Manchester's legendary and much-missed musical institution, The Fall. Each week we invite along a guest to chat about their experience and memories of the group. If you're wondering who we are, it's me, Paul Landley, and my brother Steve, who, as you probably know, was a member of The Fall for 20 years. You can find us at all the usual suspects, of course, but we're hosted at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash Old Brother. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of Old Brother, podcast about the fall. Uh, today we're very delighted, that's me and Steve. Say hello, Steve. Hello. Right. Oh, don't go mad, will you? Right, uh, th- we're delighted today to uh, speak to Mr Ed Blaney, who was uh, part of the band off and on for nigh on 16, 17 years, I think. We'll get to the, the exact numbers in a bit. So one thing I want, the first thing I want to say to you, uh, Ed, and thanks very much for coming on, I was listening to an interview with you the other day and you were at pains to kind of point out that you weren't in the band. So do you think that was the, what, the reason that it worked so well for you, that you, you never actually were in the band full-time? Yeah, and any time I kind of stuck my foot in that room, I thought, fuck this, and he knew it. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't putting up with any of that fucking shit in the zoo. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you played guitar for a while. I did, yeah, I did. I mean, I wrote quite a bit and uh, co-produced. And, and steered it all and everything. Um, but as, as for like being a band member, no, I couldn't. I kind of was, but not in the sense of that's all I did. And you just turned up and probably for the play. best. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> probably for the so best. How did, how did you get involved then with Mark? Um, well, do you remember JR? Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 Right, who's, who's JR? You don't mean, you don't mean the guy from Dallas, do you? Definitely not. No, John Rollison from Presswich. He um, he gave Mark one of my first demos, and it, it was done with um, Martin Price from 808 State and Mark Day. He was, like, on um, gardening leave from the Mondays at the time, and um, Mark really liked it, and um, he offered us a gig. My first ever gig was uh, at the Roadhouse for uh, one of the album launches, 
1994. Right. Well, and you'd have been about then, Steve. Then he, used, he used to come to my gigs and that. And um, yeah, we, then we, we right, So you were around when I was in it then? Yeah. You, you would have yeah. done that gig then at the Roadhouse. Yeah. How uh, was that, yeah, that gig? Album launch for Light User Syndrome, what, probably. Yeah. And then we supported you then. Trigger Happy, we supported you at the Hacienda in 96. You were definitely there for that. Yes, yeah. Not a uh, not a great gig if I remember it right. Why is that? No, so? well, we we blew up your amp, didn't we? We fused your amp. You lent us your amp, and um, <laughs> I don't think that helped, did it? I bet that didn't go I, I very think well. If, if what I can remember, I think that was the first gig without Craig. Right after Craig had gone, it wasn't very good. Well, then, so you only yeah, had one guitarist. Um, we, we just got mates and that, um, and then he said to me, "Do you want a tour manager?" So I said, "Okay, if." as long as my band can have the London gig and um, a couple of others and the one in Dublin. And he said, yeah. And it, it went really well. And then the night before Dublin, as usual, uh, he had an argument with the band or they had an argument with him and they rang me up just giving me loads of shit saying, you can fuck off, we're going back to London, we've had enough. And it was that unutterable lineup, and it sounded great in the rehearsal room. And I tried my best to, to say, look, you know, I understand, but... Like grown up men crying, but they wasn't having it. And then so I had eight hours to sort it out. And I said to my band, look, we're still going, but we're not playing. You've got eight hours to learn the set. You're in the fall. And that was it. Fucking as, as mad as the times you've probably seen and that. Wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, we got on and we didn't get on and stuff like that. And um, that, I, I fucked off, came back. And, and and we had that space and it I was always doing stuff behind the scenes and then uh came back as a it offered me the management thing then which I turned him down and then I said I'll just do it, you know, pay as you go sort of thing and yeah. see how we go. Right, yeah, like you say that's probably a probably a good, a good way to do it, isn't it? I think. If you're not reliant yeah. on it, it becomes a bit less yeah. stressful. Well you, you know it was and that uh, money was like at that time, two thousand when I really got involved, he was skin. Um it, it was hard getting gigs um, semi-unbookable at the time with promoters. The promoters, it had come right off the rails, but a um, lot of hard work and the band was all right. Fair play to you. That was the time to step in, that, wasn't it? Fair play. You got it back on the on its tracks again, didn't you? Between you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't easy, but you know, the first thing he did was um, change the rider. <laughs> and, uh, the, like, the whiskey's got to go for the start. And, and he, he, he worked with me quite a lot of it but effectively it was kind of bringing three quarters of my band in and then just working with it and you know he'd tell me to fuck off and all that you know get out you know you're not in the band and all that <laughs> but sometimes just I didn't realise till after they died and that you know he used to say I'm only saying it in front of them but at the time it was like fuck that no nah, nah, you know yeah talking like that um, yeah so I, so. I read a really good quote from you the other day. It was about you went to see Bob Dylan and a couple of yeah. things. And you, you, you rang Mark up and said, I've just seen Bob Dylan. He's in his 70s. You need to sort it out. But what, what made me laugh was you described Dylan. You said, you go and see Dylan. Went to see him in the 80s and he was crap. And then I went to see him later on and he was absolutely brilliant, but he didn't do any of the songs I wanted him to do. And I thought, that sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't really go to gigs. Uh, which people find strange. I used to go like the international and that when that was open. Yeah. Seeing a few weird bands, green on red. Um and, and I remember seeing Dylan in eighty five or something and uh, yeah, yeah, and you see it shit. 
Yeah. I couldn't hear now. But I went to this one in Blackpool and it was completely nothing what anyone expected. And uh, yeah, I was pissed after it. I had a drink with loads of people I didn't know. And I thought, fuck it. You know, we used to, to me, ring me all hours. And, I, and it was genuine, though. I said, you know, we weren't like working together much, but I always kept my eye out. And uh, yeah, I just said, you know, fucking get your shit together. Like, uh, but he, he thanked me for it, though. He said, no, you're right, you're all right. Yeah, then he used to wind me up and go, you know, we'd have a drink and go, how's your mate fucking Bobby doing? I don't know. Brilliant. So, the first thing we always ask guests, what's the first interaction you had with the fallen? When did you first see him? Well, bizarrely, when I was tripping, I was about 15 years old, and it was at Glastonbury. And you was playing on uh, one of the top fields, like, uh, I can't remember what it, you know, up near the Ealing fields and that. What field? Um, what year would that have been, Ned? That would have been about 84, 85. Um, I was only 15 or something. You sure um, it was Glastonbury? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it, it can't uh, have been 84 then, because I was in in 84 and I, I certainly never played. I'm sure I didn't. 85, 86. When did you first play Glastonbury, Steve? I don't think it was kind of... Been Glastonbury. I think I've only played Glastonbury once, yeah. In the oh, 90s. No, sorry, sorry. It was the fucking Elephant Fair. Not ah, Glastonbury. yes. Yes. I remember that. The Elephant, yeah. elephant Fair. And um, we went on a whim 10 minutes notice, me and my two mates with a load of older lads, and we had the best time ever. Game, yeah. And it, that, that was the first time I heard uh, me mate Les Fisher, an old punk. Um, he, he said, you know, got to go and see the fall and all, all that. Wow. And, um, that that was the first introduction. Brilliant. And then um, then it hit the north. Uh, one of my mates was playing that in his bedroom, the twelve inch and that. And um, I love the line, "Cops can't catch criminals." And <laughs> that kind of where I was at in my life, it kind of resonated with me at the time. <laughs> Brilliant. The thing I remember about Elephant Fair, and I, um, I'm sure Jonathan Richmond played, didn't he? And I can I've got remember yes. I can remember him crawling around the stage singing, "I'm a little dinosaur." I'm sure that, and I'm sure I didn't make that up. It was, well, he was on, wasn't he, Steve? Jonathan Richmond was on, yeah. Yeah, who else was on then? The, the Armory Show, were they on? That seems to ring a bell. Lincoln Quasi Johnson, possibly. But that was a, that was like the only the only um, festival I'd seen before that really was um, uh, Deeply Veil, which was completely different. That was kind of on the cusp where festivals were turning into pretty sort of slick professional things, weren't they then? Because they were yeah. ramshackle before then, I think. Yeah. It looked good, that Deeply Veil one. Oh, it, was, it, it might have looked good from the outside. It wasn't. It might have looked good. <laughs> oh, it was one of them. It was feral kids and veggie burgers and, you know, it, was, it wasn't well organised. Let's put it up. Well, I, my, mine that wasn't really Deeply Veil. It was, it was after it moved, wasn't it, the one I played. So I, 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 the other thing I was going to ask you, Ed, you've got the, um, uh, one of the honours of The Fall doing a song that you wrote on your own, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, a couple. I mean, that's... A couple, I mean, you know, Mark's credited, um, you, which one... Rude All The Time? Did, yeah, Rude All The Time, yeah. That's a Triggered Happy uh, song, is that right? Yeah, and the version um, was just upstairs in my bedroom and I was just showing it him and um, then that Flitwick came along and said, we'll give you a couple of grand for two songs that have never been released. And right. <laughs> and there's that and Wake Up In The City and... It fucked up on the A and B side, so that became the A side. Right. And it was just messing about in the bedroom and I just recorded it. It wasn't like the thing, but uh, yeah. You're proper going uh, for it though, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really going for it. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite get it how I wanted it, but yeah. I mean, honoured, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we, got, on, we got on 
and um, you know, I always say like, I don't know out. if you find if you found that, but though, but the songs never turned out how you thought they were gonna. No, definitely not. Um, the only time I, I did was on that wake up in the city, and he turned up and he had his leg in plaster. He got out of a taxi, come in, and my dog was going for his foot. My dog didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Sat him down in the back room on a chair, put his leg up, and I said, "Here's the lyrics." Goes like this. He did the tune. He said, "Just fucking speed it up." And um, <laughs> and they sang a bit, and he went, "Right, I've got it. All right, get out." And he did it in one take. And he, I wrote all the lyrics for that. Um, and he, he changed one. I've got glasses under my skin. You don't know how thin I've been. Wow. Uh, but but when when we did stuff like just just credited him and and whatever you know, it was a yeah. all mind another one. But that's exactly the same as Jerusalem. But I'd never heard Jerusalem, and and believe it, I, I've not even. He liked me because I didn't really know much about the fall. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a common thing, I think, wasn't it? He liked people who weren't, you know, massive fall fans, I think. It was one mm-hmm. of the things he looked for. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we had a lot of lot of arguments, but it was always for the greater good. Yeah. And, you know you know how, how he was working. Yeah. And I always say, when I'm asked about you, your period, I always say, well, you know, you must have got on at some point. It must yeah. have been a point where it was great. Oh, we did, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing the thing about it is, and you know, you'll know yourself. People, the, the reason that there's more talk of that is because that's what people ask about, isn't it? They don't ask yeah. about what about you know what about the gigs where you got in the van, everybody went, everybody played the best, it was really good, and everybody enjoyed it. No, there's no story there, is there? Yeah, that's it. And I think if it if it had been, I think it was all a bit of an act. Yeah. In that, in that sense, where that's what kept everyone interested, and then everyone knows it was hard work when yeah. it started. You know, you'd have to have a thick skin yeah. to put up with, you know. And then when he was nice, he was, like, really nice and that, and generous and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Buy, he used to buy me gifts and things. Yeah. Like, weird, weird little things and sort of bring the book round and I fucking don't read. <laughs> but he, he used to bring them and stuff and uh, weird albums and that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, you have always, the fall have always had a fucking great following, haven't they? And yeah. There's no other band that can touch it. You know. No, I think that's right. I mean, like you say, I mean, it's certainly hard. It has been hard work at times, but it is. It is that Dylan thing, isn't it? Where he'd rather do it. He'd rather. He'd rather be shit one night and absolutely brilliant the next than just be the same every night. You know, and I, I can sort of, certainly say that. Yeah, it's not and easy. Like you saying there, Steve, about the songs. You know, you'd nip out of the studio and it'd be like, oh fucking hell, you spend hours on something, and then it would go, it's fucking crap. Get rid of that, and then then sometimes it would work, and you'd think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell! It would it would, would, it would not be how you imagined it, or it wouldn't be like what you what you thought could happen to that song. But yeah, it'd work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's that one we did. And we t- talked about that before. That the song called Winter, and it's pretty just one note all the way through. And he he wiped the drums and bass, and then made Stephen Cargill pack in and play them again, but without a click track. So they just had to try and keep up. And that, everybody said, "Well, that's, this is just the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life." That's never going to work. But you hear it now, and it's like, wow, that's just bizarre. And it works because the song's about the fact that time doesn't work properly. So you know, there's there's a lot of stuff like that where fair play. I didn't I'd never thought of stuff like that in a million years. I don't think anybody would, said Mark. Yeah. But uh, it, sometimes it's hard work. Some, like you say, you can't always see it, can you? At the time. No, no. He had a knife at it, and he, you know he's always working. When we was like, you know, he'd be on the phone saying, right, you know, he hated days off. Yeah, we we never got to have an holiday. He wanted to come and holiday with me and my kids and his mum. 
and um, it never happened. It nearly just just before he died, because I was living in Blackpool. I got an house just to write um, some stuff supposedly with my band, but they didn't fucking come <laughs> and um, did that severance. But he was going to come. He never, you know, he's like, I've never, you know, what it is when you go all these places, you, you never get to see him. Yeah. No, not at all. So he was you know, so it, that was just that was when he was really ill, was was it? Yeah, just before, yeah. Um so, so yeah, it was, was was difficult times at the end and that. Um oh. seeing him so ill and stuff. But I mean, you know, he, he he carried it on, didn't he? He kept going. He, he gotta give it. He did, he? right right to the end, you know, and credit to the band. Uh, no, I, I think that's right. Is it like like you say, even like two thousand it uh, he he did really well to build it all back up again and get that band together and keep it all going. Yeah, and and it was we had some really good times. You know what I mean? And um, he he never came out with the band when we was out in America and stuff. Yeah, which is probably a good thing. And he'd say, Nah, you know, I fucking done it. You 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 go out with them and that, look after them and yeah. stuff. Um, and and he was professional about it and that. You know, it yeah. was me, but. <laughs> turning, uh, turning, but you, you toured America, did you, with them, yeah? Yeah. Um, the, the best one was 2000 because he, he, he'd not played for years uh, since it all went tits up, I think, and he got nicked and that. It was that long. And uh, 2001, yeah. And, and it was really good because it was 10, 11 weeks after the towers had uh, fell. Right. So no bands was going. The flights was dirt cheap and we flew everywhere and we had no equipment. I tried out for the support band we could use there. And so some of them had sold more records than the fall. And it's like, fucking hell, I'd never heard of them. But uh, they had some great gear. The bands were buzzing and that. Right. And, uh, yeah, it, that helped because we were flying everywhere and we didn't have all, you know, it's like, look, you gear about Oh, yeah. Some of them drives in America are just brutal, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and then the, the other one, I just thought of like uh, 2004 or something like that. I, I came out after it. He said, you come out in two weeks. And he, again, he was in a wheelchair. And I said, don't do it. You know what I mean? Don't do it. You don't have to do it. He, he had some money from someone else to give him. But he said, no, I'm going to do it. You know, and he had fucking blood coming out of his leg and that at the time, staples in his dick. Yeah. But when I got there, he said, these lot are taking the piss. He said, you know, I've been stuck in my fucking room. And then, you know, I can't get on the stage in my wheelchair. You know the way he talked things up yeah. and that. But it was true. You know, when I got there, I thought, fucking, it's a bit of a mess. So we just did um, a few more shows. And then when it comes across in the desert, I said, right, sack it. You need to go home now. Yeah. And it was a thing to do. I don't think he'd have been right. No. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was lucky to have it in that respect then, wasn't it? Because a lot of the time, it's a difficult tightrope, isn't it, with managing? You can't tell him what to do, but then sometimes it... You can't do what he says either, can you? The difficult Yeah, job. well, you know, so if we did, like, have a disagreement or whatever, or, no, I walked out a few times because I thought, ah, fuck it. But, but then he'd come round and say, look, I'm sorry, you're right, you know, right, let's, mm-hmm. and then we'd go again. But the band members as well, I mean, the band that used that was a bit more, you know, long, longer term. And yeah. You'd all know, mm-hmm. up, yeah. growing up, you know, a lot of success and everything. Yeah. And um, So what line I was that? Like I'd been stabbed in the back, to be honest with you. I'm all right now about it because the longevity had been mm-hmm. shone through. You know, yeah. I wasn't just there for the dog. Yeah. Uh, and and the egos got involved and drugs and too much coke, which Mark went into. And then the drinking and I had to become his drinking partner. I didn't really drink. I was John the fall. 
I'm just about right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think now, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. But I look back now and I think, you know what, it was great. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't it, is, it is tough to live in that world like that and not, you know, and, yeah, not drink too much and take too much or whatever. Yeah, and I don't hold any grudges with anyone, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it cuts both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, I can't speak for your periods, like, but uh, the one I was in and stuff, you know, we all had a great time, and I'm sure the disgruntled ex-members of my period would hopefully say the same and appreciate what they had, because you wouldn't get that with any number bank. Definitely not, no. No, I mean, that's, that's kind of the reason we did this, really, because... That, that kind of it's a lot easier to just talk about that. If you start writing it down and you start getting interviewed by people where they don't ask about, you know, what was it really like? They want to know about this kind of cartoon mark, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he, no, no, he wasn't like, he couldn't have been like that all the time. It's impossible, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it, it's like, he just, you know, kind of uh, saved him in a way. You know I mean? That's what my mates and even his mates have said, you know, you know, but it's like, well, I, I had an opportunity and I took it. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good like that and uh, for getting into something. And obviously, it, it was kind of, you know, from being totally, I mean, I wanted to do really well with my own band. They were really good. So it was a bit of a twist, a bit of a bit of twist for me, a bit of an hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So I wanted to achieve with my own band. I got to do with the fall, but yeah. I wasn't the singer. But I was, you know, he always left the door. He said, you come on when you want, do what you want, play what you want. And, and he respected me as a writer. Yeah, definitely. Um, which was good. Like he'd always say to everyone, you know, I want two songs off everyone. Yeah. But, uh, and I always had twenty, you know, <laughs> and I've never stopped writing. Yeah. And and then they like put that one in. You have to like, try and keep it balanced for everyone. Yeah. So so that everyone got a fair crack and that. Um, yeah. I don't know how it worked with views at the time. It's in a similar way, I think. Yeah. I think you, you, everybody <clears throat> had to rock up with something, didn't they? Yeah, but. Yeah, similar way that, but that, people don't. I don't think people realise that about Mark that he would give everyone a chance to write songs, yeah, and yeah. he would put his lyrics over whatever it was you came. If he could, you know, he, whatever you came up with, he'd put his lyrics over it. Yeah, and he'd yeah. Do his best to make it work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's great to have been a part of it. You know, it, it really is uh, for me. I look, I look back and um, it, it's never a day or something. Every other day, something pops up, <laughs> and, it, and it's great to talk to you two because it was never dull, was it? No, it's not all bad. Let's like say that they just want to talk about that side of Mark, don't they? The, yeah, the, he did this, he did that, but you know, he's very intelligent. He was, but, oh yeah, he was. I mean, I, that was we were talking to Grant, and he was saying like he kind of built this persona for himself, and he got a bit trapped by it a little bit, you know, where mm. people. Yeah, that, that's a a good point. Yeah. yeah, because it wasn't him, was it? That. That Marky e. Smith wasn't him. It wasn't, you know, like he wasn't like he wouldn't go around and see his mum and talk like, you know, it, it was like a persona that he used, I think. And it worked, didn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, it worked. Yeah, well, it would have been boring, wouldn't it? If, yeah. if he hadn't had that and that. Uh, some of the interviews I used to set up and I used to think, fuck, you know, you know, them coming out crying and I'd be yeah. like, oh, he, 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 he had to measure the journalists, though, didn't he? Christ, he could, he could get them yeah, out his little finger. Yeah, if he'd not done their own work. Yeah. And um, that was it, you know. And he was good at getting them pissed, wasn't he? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get all of interviews. We meet He's... in the pub, and he has a. We, we gets us both a pint of Alston pills and a whiskey chase. I was thinking, you're not going to last ten minutes here, mate. 
<laughs> we wouldn't let them turn the tape recorder on until they were pissed. <laughs> it's good. I mean, yeah. I, I learned so much, you know what I mean? I learned so much and that. I didn't get it at first. It took me a while, but, you know, then I, I used to just yeah. think. And, and... It, is, it, was a, it was, a, from what I've realised since leaving, it was a one-off world to live in, yeah. Yeah, completely. And it yeah. wasn't, uh, you know, some, sometimes I had deals on the table there and, and I was fucking skin had custody of five kids and I needed the money. And he used to have a different deal for me on, like, stuff and he'd say that you can have 40%. I'd be like, fucking hell, cheers, are you sure? He'd say, yeah, you know, do that. Um, and then, then with the current stuff, it was like, like okay, um, solo stuff and that. He'd look after me. But he'd turn a lot down and I'd be like, fucking hell, all you've got to do is this. And he'd be like, nah, I'm not doing it. You know, it's not that I'm, you know. And, and that that was hard at the time because I thought, well, I, I'm trying to do my job. My job is to make money and that as well. Um, but, yeah, and then, then I realised that actually he's right. You know, it was probably the best thing that some of them things he turned down. Yeah. And that, you know, we, we did talk about, um, you know, getting you lot back together and he was up for it you know he was up for it i mean really you know he, 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 yeah I, you know, I, I find, yeah i'd find that hard to believe but no you know i had a big hand in it i'm not gonna lie but we, we talked about it because there was always offers coming in of you know it was around yeah. that time when all the bands the old bands was getting back together again yeah the original line and, and they were getting big offers and stuff like that so Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't thingy to it. He, you know, he, he was always open to anything. That would have been an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, um, it, it also, it's hard for me to, to get um, a lot of people got me wrong because I was taking the fall. Yeah. Like, the fall guy, and I'm going to make that phone call, and I was like, fuck, you know, <laughs> you know, um, always got the shit. Yeah. And I'm a nice person, really. I'm like, in. I can handle myself, but um, some of the shit I got involved in and that, and that's still gone on since, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, yeah, Ed did that. No, I fucking didn't. <laughs> you told me to do it. <laughs> Brilliant. There's one time we was in um, Primavera, that Primavera festival, and it was when Dingo had um, joined BJ Harvey, and they was, they was playing, and um, we were all backstage, and we had, like, little tents, hippie tents and that. And uh, they were all in the dressing room, and he was like, fucking, I'm not having that. He said, fucking go in. and just tell them all they've got to leave. So I went in, and I said, listen, I felt like icon. And I said, look, you've all got to go. And they all stood up and that. And then he walked right in, he went, just ignore him, set the notice. <laughs> <laughs> to be the bad the bad boy, wasn't it? Yeah, fucking hell, you know, but he was good at it. He was, you know, uh, he, he was really good. He, you know, I don't know if he did it with you, but, he, you know, he did place bets and that on who's going to have a breakdown first. Dear me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had that, yeah. Well, did, did he cheat then by making him have a breakdown or did he just wait and see what happened? <laughs> no, yeah, he, he, he'd, he'd try and push it. He had, a, he had a, he used to call it the shit list, didn't we? Who's top, top of it? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And they'd get, and they'd get, whoever it was would get a load of grief until they, yeah. But the ideas at all, but see how far he could push them, yeah. He was always lighting 
people I seem to remember. He used to have a right go at people who did the lights. I mean, really, really tear them a new one to like, you know, turn that fucking you know. But they don't, well, they, they, people want to see you, you know, give them a break. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the bits I enjoyed was uh, I have nine jobs, to tell you. And then, you know, then we get shoved on and say, go and sing this ass. So I'm not knowing the fucking words. <laughs> and because of the thing of this, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Fucking go on, just do it. Just fucking. And, and it didn't, nine times out of ten, it didn't go down well. You know what I mean? <laughs> not not <laughs> someone from behind the scenes and yeah. that singing. Well, that's the thing, wasn't it? Everybody there, what it was there to see Mark E. Smith sing. Honestly, yeah, they he, really don't want to see. It, he always made it exciting, though, with yeah. little stunts and that. And, um, you know, it always... And, and like, Caden and that, you know, they, they, they lasted quite a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. In terms of band members and stuff. And um, they did some good stuff. And, and, you know, it, it's just a shame, minute. it? But, it, you know, I remember... It, it must have been hard for them lads at, at the end. To watch it must him, have yeah. Really... Yeah. It must yeah. have been heartbreaking. Um, yeah, definitely, you know. And, and uh, they're trying to carry on in that with their own thing, which yeah. is great. It is. Rather than around moping, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and he, you know, he was good at winding people up, wasn't it? So... Unfortunately, I've inherited some of that. And <laughs> I have to flap my own head sometimes, you know, because you, you just come out with the same sort of humour he had, and it was sick at times, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we've all yeah. inherited a bit of that humour. Yeah, it, it does. It. Oh, I. Well, yeah. <laughs> you had to, really, didn't you? Otherwise, yeah, you'd, to, otherwise yeah, you'd be talking shit with you. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with you then, Steve? What was the. We had that big fight on stage in New York. That was it then. That was, that the was it, yeah. There was no way back from yeah. there, really, was there? That tape. There's no surfaced. going back. The, the, tape, the video tape surfaced for that. Yeah, and, it's uh, out there, yeah. Yeah. We, we was offered 20,000 quid for it. Really? And he said no. And I was like, fucking hell. And this was another one of them times. And he, he ended up giving it the BBC when they were doing that documentary. The documentary, yeah. We, we kind of fell out halfway through it. Uh, but I uh, I managed to make I, it. I'd, I'd like to think I'd get my share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I thought, fuck, you know, 20 grand for a VHS tape. You know, it's going to surface anyway. Checks in the uh, post. Yeah, well, it's all over bleeding YouTube now, so you might as well have got the 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what he was like. And, uh, you know, I like, uh, didn't understand that at the time, but, like, later on. But I didn't know that was uh, your your last uh, thing of it. <coughs> that was my last gig, yeah. So, uh, and yeah, there was some. We had some arguments, but in general, you know, we had some great times, and we were mates first and foremost. Yeah. Me and him. Yeah. And we, we were mates. Uh, like if he was down, he phoned me up, and vice versa. He was there when I got divorced, or if I fell out with one of my girlfriends, and you know, give me good advice and stuff like that. Yeah. And and work work both ways, and a lot of people don't like, like hear about that. No, side. you never hear yeah. about it. Well, I mean, you know, if someone brings you up and says, "Can I ask you about the fall?" You know, what happened here, what I'm there, then and then they write the story as if it. Was, well, you ask the question. You know, people don't yeah. like I said. Yeah. People don't want to know about a band that works well and a bit more now. I think. Yeah. I think it's getting a bit more now. I think the fall are finally being appreciated for what they are. I think now. Yeah, and I, I think as well, I mean, you know, you used to say to me, I've seen every trick in the book, and uh, you could see when band members were starting to wobble and, and uh, stuff like that. And, and you know, that must have been some weight on his shoulders, 40 years of that. 
Yeah. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It, take it, it would take its toll. It's it? some responsibility to carry that. Yeah, and keep going. And he did. He did almost give up a couple of times. He said, "You know what? I fucking had enough." And then he'd say, "Hey, you up for it? Hey, we're going <laughs> to give it another push." Yeah. You know, real like that and over, and he'd come back again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what what uh, you know, a weight to carry, yeah. and that. Um, even though when he was acting the goat himself, and then everybody else was bit, you know. That lineup I looked after with an usher, but God, that was hard. You know, we pulled up in uh, the seaside town near it down hallway that way, and uh, Jesus Christ, we opened the door and it was like a load of gorillas escaping from the zoo, and they were just off in different directions, and it's like fuck, you know. I had a rash on my face with the stress Ooh, of it, and he was actually well behaved. Then it was just like fuck, you know. So. Uh, I thought about it as a part of Jesus to look after that, you know. Yeah. When, when, when uh, everyone's at home and that. Yeah. It's quite a badge, isn't it, to say you were in the fall. It's not like being in, you know, I was in a band for two years or whatever. Or the, the, the fall's slightly different, I think. I think people realise that now. Yeah, people... and you know I mean, your, your period, you know, you achieved loads, you know what I mean? It was, like, massive, you know, it was like, it was a different thing in the 80s and 90s, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Completely different. Like I say, they started Stop making money when I left, up. didn't you, Steve? What's that? You said you started making money when I left. Just as soon as you left, yeah. <laughs> Not because I left. <laughs> as soon as we got that handsome drummer in. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I always remember the good really good because we had more good times than bad. Yeah. And we kind of had a, a telepathy thing where we, even if we didn't speak for a month or two, we knew what was going on, but he, he knew I'd be there, not in a piss-taking way. I'd step in if it needed to, you know, or I'd just be totally honest with him and stuff. Uh, yeah. And he admired me for doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, which, which I've always done. Um, yeah, until lockdown. Yeah, yeah, of course. What a, flat, what a strange time this must have been for if you, you know, get with gigs and what have you. They just, just dropped off a cliff, haven't they? Well, we was in a we band. We, we had uh, three tracks to finish in Berlin. Um, and we come back March the 5th last year. And then I tried doing the internet stuff and I couldn't do it. Right. Sending it here and it's like, you know. But. Uh, so we we just I'm not and then now I'm thinking I'm not even asked it's like you know who's I just think who wants to really buy a fucking brand new album right now people just want to get their own lives together yeah that's, yeah. that's you know and there's no rush I'm looking more forward to next year yeah rather than rushing out and uh, obviously it's hit me hard losing yeah. um, I've got a pub outside Everton's ground and uh, did mobile bars and just events in general but yeah, yeah you know I think there's more to life than, than money and stuff. You yeah. just got, you know, uh, I'm, I mean, down my allotment today, that's why I was late, because I was, like, finishing the shed off down there. But I've been enjoying it, and it's good, and it's, like, it's a bit weird, it's like, fucking hell, I'm not checking my social media, and it's like, you know, I feel miles better. Yeah. Uh, John, Johnny Slong's a pretty good mate, turned into a good mate with uh, music and that, which is good. Really? But, yeah, I'm just not taking it so serious and... Yeah. We all know how it is with more. So what are your music. plans then for the future music? Um, we'll, we'll finish this album and that. I've got a guy uh, called David Scott who lives in Jordan. 
And so just send it him and he's really good. We get on well. And and I'm probably looking for a room now in the next couple of weeks where we can just set up and just go in and probably need to redo, record five songs and then put it out. Mate, who knows? You know, yeah. no rush. Um like I said, I just think it's all gone tits up and yeah. I think they've yeah. got more. What, and what about the Salford Festival? That was great, that festival. Yeah, um, it's, uh, loads of people are registering again now and this and that. And I always just pull it together within a matter of a month or something. So I'm just waiting. And it's never, I'd love it to be in Beulah Park, but, you know, it, it's financially, they, they just don't, nobody wants to know because it's never been a commercial festival. Yeah. So one of the slogans was we all, we ought to lose money, but we've always put on new music and had a couple of well-known acts, and it, and it works. Engineers, photographers, all up and coming stuff. Yeah. Get people get breaks. So just we're going to set out this summer and then see where we're at. Um, the guy we do it with, he's really good on tech. Yeah. But I'm not into the streaming thing. I just think you know what? I think people have had enough of streaming now. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe, Maybe we'll do 50-50 or something, you know. Yeah. It was good because you can get all the art. Everyone, all the big artists was fucking gasping for yeah. some air, weren't they, like? Yeah, of course. Bit, but you couldn't handle it. It's yeah. the only good, good thing I think about lockdown. A lot of people have had reality checks. Yeah. And realised the world doesn't just revolve around them. Yeah. So he was getting loads of back. Right, yep, yeah, we'll do it. And uh, now it's keeping back to that, you know, do you know who I am and uh, can we have this and we need a guarantee and stuff. It's like, well, you know, I mean, the good thing with Mark, Mark always supported it and um, was all, when he didn't play, he was helping do it. And yeah. When he did play, he, he donated his fee and without that, we couldn't have done it. You know, we couldn't have couldn't right. paid the bills. Yeah. So it, it, it's always been an up, uphill struggle. Told me festival, but I will do it again. Yeah, this year. Really? I just don't know uh, what format. But doing it in pubs and uh, all the club, not got many left in Salford and Lowry or whatever. It's great because you don't have any shit with the weather, and and especially before COVID, I was getting loads of shit about the terrorism thing, and I thought, ah, oh, fuck it, then we're not going to do it in a park. Right. We'll just do it in a pub at venues again. And now it's going to be a load of shit about health and safety with COVID. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. know what you think about it. Whether you think gigs will go on properly this year or what? I'm not so sure. I, I'm not so sure this half capacity will work. I don't. I think you're taking away what makes a gig great. Me, when you pick, you got you got hundred people stood two meters away from each other, it's difficult to get the atmosphere of a proper gig, isn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of people have bought tickets for like part life, for instance, hundred and twenty thousand tickets, and it's like, how's that going to work? You yeah, know? how's that going to work? Yeah. But like, I just think people are people are understanding that when they do open up a bit, it's still going to be with this condition and with that, and and it's going to be a big. Hopefully not. Um, sound like a right old fucking all, but hopefully it is going to be open. But I just you know, for me, I'm just looking more to next year, yeah. before, April, mm-hmm. next yeah. year before we do it. Hopefully by then, Touchwood will be back to normal, won't we? Right, so we might get a playlisted on Salford City Radio, but no, we've been getting quite a bit of radio abroad, and uh, yeah, Janice Long plays us quite a bit, which is good, and it yeah. helps, doesn't it? You get a bit of money, them checks, and that you know, you know what pisses me off, you, you know, when you, you don't pay because it's under five, under 50 quid, <laughs> you think just, just send it. We're in the middle of a pandemic, you fuck up, send it. You know. <laughs> Give us some. I've been on £49.50 for the last two years. Yeah, so, 
<laughs> yeah, that old magic thing and that, but you know, hey, just just be optimistic and that, and uh, yeah, you know, glad all my family are all right. The kids are absolutely fine. And that's what it's all about at the end, isn't it? You know, it hit me hard. I found it hard at the start. Um, getting me yeah, around so someone like you must have. I went from earning four grand a month to living on three hundred quid a month, and that was and I built it up over years, and, yeah. and that was hard. I bet. And I didn't really any savings. What I've had, uh, like running low. Yeah. So you know anybody who needs a DJ or help, you know, give us a shout. No, right. I'm only messing. You know, it could be worse. I think. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, that's brilliant, Ed. Really good to talk to you. Oh man, that's so good. Brilliant. I'm glad you're keeping up with it all. And, uh, be good to have a pint anyway. Oh, uh, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Definitely. Definitely. Put that open. I'll bring one of my resting machines. Right, you're on. And then. Uh, one under each arm. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Thanks for joining us on Old Brother. Episodes are released every second Wednesday, so you can watch our episode five in two weeks' time. Please follow us on Twitter, at Old Brother Show, where you can subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher or RSS, so you'll never have to miss an episode. While you're at it, give us a rating on iTunes or tell your friends about us. You could also check out our books, The Bid Midweek and Have a Bleeding Guess, both available from Root Publishers and all good bookstores. Hope to see you again soon, and remember, if you're driving, take your car. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.